This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. This is The Bonfire on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, got a relatively quick show for you this weekend or tonight, whenever you are listening to The Bonfire, which you have tuned into, so thank you very much. I uh, just got back from a softball game that we won, so thank you. Yes, it was a good game. And then we had another one following that, but I had to leave. I had to leave because I decided, hey, I need to do a show. (laughs) Because I'm kind of obligated to do one once a week. But never you mind. Here we go. Right into it. Star Trek Beyond, the third movie in the the revamp of J.J. Abrams. Uh, I saw that about a week ago in theaters, obviously. No, I didn't torrent it. Uh, I went to the theaters, and something interesting I noticed first... Um, before I get into the movie, was they always have all these commercials and ads and bumpers, all these things that they just put up on screen. All saying the same thing, like, hey, if your cell phone's going off, it makes noises, and that irritates people, so please turn it off. And they try to make it cutesy or short and sweet, but ultimately it's just painful. You should just know, yeah, okay, unmute it, or uh, mute your phone, and if you don't do it, then you're just an idiot. Okay, what are you going to do? Uh, we live in a society. There are going to be idiots. So for there to be, I don't know, three or four PSAs all saying the same thing. Hey, turn off your phone. Okay, enough. Get to the movie. I'm here to see the movie. Sorry, little rant. But one of the PSAs said, thank you for choosing the theater. You know, not like, hey, this theater or our company. No, it said, thank you for coming to the movie theater. They were acknowledging that it's a rare thing nowadays because we have all these other venues and other ways to consume our media, particularly our phone and Netflix at home. They're now starting to say in movie theaters, hey, thanks for joining us. They never said that before. You know that. We've all grown up in the age of entertainment the past, you know, maybe a hundred years. You know, it wasn't really until the 1920s when the Roaring Twenties, everything was going relatively well here in America, and we had the booming economy, that people started to say, hey, you know what, I think I have leisure time now like I've never experienced before. And that's a relatively new thing in human society because we've been so busy just growing our corn, taking care of our house, and killing the animals so that we could eat. Oh, and then going to the river to take a dump. Yes, that is what humanity used to do. But over the centuries and millennia we've grown into a society where division of labor is a beautiful thing and efficiency it's called capitalism and the 1920s came around and people said you know what i'm gonna start doing things now for kicks and giggles i i just have free time and i have money that is where the nickelodeons began you pay a nickel to go see a motion picture stupid nonsensical motion pictures eventually they understood hey we can make an industry out of this and boom there's hollywood They're now starting to say here in 
the 20 teens. Is that how you'd say it, I guess? I don't know. The 2010s. Here in 2016, they are now starting to say thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for choosing to spend your evening here with us at the movie theater for this experience. That is no longer a given part of our culture, you know? They understand, hey, anybody could beat the sports games. They could be at home being entertained by video games and movies. They could be on their phone at the mall or in the car, whatever. But you decided to come here and spend your money, so thank you for choosing us, for choosing our industry. It's crazy. I couldn't believe it. I thought, wait a minute, you're thanking me for, yeah, picking to spend my evening doing this. Because now they're trying to frame it as an experience, which it is. You know, as little kids or even teenagers, we'd all go to the theater and just say, oh, it's just something to do for a little bit. And then you'd leave. It was kind of a normal thing. Maybe you'd go once a week, twice a month, whatever. Now, going to the theaters, and it's been well documented, theaters are suffering. People are finding other ways to entertain themselves. Or they just wait for the movie to come out on DVD, Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu, all these other options. They're now thinking, how do we get people back into the theaters? Well... You have to make an experience out of it. You have to have the lazy boys that recline all the way down, nice big comfy chairs, no more tight spaces where you're bumping elbows with people, and serve us some food and alcohol and make it fancy. So now, at least in the Dallas area, it's becoming more and more rare to find a trashy theater, one that you pay $2 to see a movie. I mean, there is one, the Dollar Theater, and that's to see movies that are months old, but when you want a new movie, say Jason Bourne, Star Trek... You know, you go to the nice theater with a bigger chair, a nicer chair, food and drink brought to you, and it's 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 supposed to be an experience in and of itself now. So it's kind of a hearkening back to, hey, remember the days when you'd go to the theater? Well, now you should revel in it and spend a little more money on food and booze, which I do. They suck me into it, and I spend more money. <laughs> but I'm okay with that, because I went and saw Star Trek Beyond, and I was uh, I was entertained. I think I've mentioned here before on the podcast that Star Trek, the first one, uh, the revamp, I think it was in 2009, if I remember correctly, that was good. It was broad enough to just appeal to the general population. You didn't have to be a Trekkie to watch and understand anything. You could just say, oh, I've never seen these people before. You know, that's what Inception was. It was not a part of a trilogy or any connection to any other movie in history. Inception, you know, with Leonardo DiCaprio, directed by Christopher Nolan. You don't have to know anything to go into a movie and just watch and enjoy. That is exactly how J.J. seemed to have constructed the first one, Star Trek. He just said, look, yes, there are going to be people who know Spock and Kirk and a little bit of history. So we'll throw in some Easter eggs, some nuggets here and there. But let's frame it for people who have no idea and kind of don't care about Star Trek. Let's just make it a good movie that's in outer space. And there it was. And it was good. And they've been keeping with that now, saying with Star Trek Into Darkness, which was the second one, and I really liked, they said, oh, Benedict Cumberbatch, we're going we're gonna to make you this guy who I believe was in Star Trek II back in the 1960s. Yeah, so sort of a redo, not really a whole original idea, original movie, but I still enjoyed it. I was entertained. I thought it was very emotional. It kind of made you feel like you got some skin in the game. I like those movies where you're not watching objectively, you're watching as if you are partic- participating. So Star Trek Three Beyond, they, I felt, kind of backed off a little bit from that emotion. 
So it was still entertained, don't get me wrong. I like how it began. It began saying, oh, we're uh, three years into this five-year tour out into outer space, and wow, the days are getting really monotonous. Why am I out here? Was this a stupid decision? Uh, I think we're all losing our minds. Ooh, this is getting tough. Maybe I shouldn't be out here exploring. I should be doing something else with my life. So it's all questions that we can all identify with. No matter where we are in life, we can think, well, am I supposed to be doing this? Or, wow, I guess I shouldn't have done that because now look where I am. So that's what they did with Kirk. In the first two minutes of the movie, he's doing like a little exposition at the beginning saying, okay, this is getting monotonous. I joined Starfleet on a dare. I didn't really want to join because I was motivated, so maybe I should leave. Or I should go just find a port and stay there and be an admiral and take it easy. Yeah, so it was it was a different approach to the movie, and I like it. That's a little bit of originality. And the villain... I'd never seen, I don't think, anything like that. So I, I liked it. More originality. I was entertained. Had great music. And uh, characters. Those were good. Spock, Kirk, Bones, all great. Ahura. I think they were very well cast. So Bonfire does, yeah, Bonfire does recommend going and seeing Star Trek Beyond. The only thing I did notice was... <laughs> Out of nowhere, for no particular reason, they decided to show Sulu, uh, the Asian, the one who, the not the commander, the uh, helmsman, the helmsman, who is, you know, obviously in the original series as well, just like Kirk and Bones and Spock, uh, Sulu walks off the ship and walks over, hugs a dude, picks up a little girl, and they walk off together. And that scene was about 10 seconds long. They felt it necessary to show, hey, just so you know, Sulu's gay. And then they moved on with the movie. That had nothing to do with anything. And that was definitely not who he was in the original series. You know, there was nothing to say that Gene Roddenberry wrote Sulu to be gay. Now, the actor... Uh, I forget his name. Sorry, I just ate. <laughs> Again. Every time I eat and then I come here and I'm freaking making noises. Anyway, uh, the actor back in the 60s, I forget his name. He is actually gay, but the character he played was not. So... Yeah, they just they just decided here in Star Trek Three Beyond that Sulu would be gay. They just kind of wrote it in, but it had nothing to do with the story. So one of the writers, who's also the actor who plays Scotty, said, "Oh, I actually participated in writing this movie. I thought it'd be tokenism to include a gay guy, like or just a random gay person, just write them in. So we decided maybe we should just make it one of the original characters, and that would feel a little more natural." I kind of think the opposite. If you That feels like tokenism, where you just took one of the main characters where he's not that important. He never was. But you decided to add a 10-second scene where you know he just hugs a man, picks up the little girl, and walks off. You'd say, oh, okay, I guess that's his husband. Does that have anything to do with anything? No, but you just wanted to make a statement, so you just had to add it into your movie. Okay, whatever. You know, to each his own, but... Don't be saying, oh, it would have been tokenism if I would have just written in a gay person. Okay, well, I guess you backed yourself into a corner. Whether you wrote a new one or you just made one of the original ones gay, I don't know. I think your problem is you're just trying to, you're forcing it. That's what you're doing. I don't know. Because it had nothing to do with anything. If it had to do with the story, then okay. That would make more sense. But this was a little seemingly needless addition to the movie, in my opinion. But Bonfire still recommends for you to go see it. Check it out for yourself. You decide. You enjoy, if you so wish. 
and yeah, it was good. Idris, oh, shut my mouth here. <laughs> I'm not going to give anything away. Oh, that was almost a spoiler. So anyway, we're going to move on to the B block now. Coming up next, I'm going to explain why I love the beach so much. This is the Bonfire on the Blaze Radio Network On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. This is The Bonfire On Demand. Hosted by Andrew Herzog. On the Blaze Radio Network. Last weekend, I was lucky enough to be able to go down with a group of friends to one of the beaches here in Texas. Uh, Texas does not have the best beaches in the world. Yes, I'm aware. Thank you. Shut up. But that being said, Galveston, Galveston Island, which is only about a five-hour drive from Dallas, and that's totally doable for a weekend trip, you know, drive down on a Friday afternoon, Friday evening, get down there, you... uh, Get a little bit of sleep before you start your day on Saturday. Wake up relatively early, 8 a.m., and then you get to enjoy friends, enjoy their company, go out to eat, and kind of plan your day as, as it's going. You could say, oh, look, we need to eat. We need to eat, so let's all get dressed, let's go, and then while we're eating, we'll decide whether we go to the beach first or if we have to run to the grocery store for waters or something. You know, you just go with the flow. And that's what was so amazing <laughs> about the weekend is I love the beach because to me it is so peaceful and empty, but at the same time uh, exciting. Uh, I see the beach, I just look out over the white uh, over the waves, the white caps, and I just think, hmm, it's completely empty. There's nothing out there. Oh, but wait, there is underneath, and you can't see any of it. But you know that there is plenty of life down in the ocean. So it's it's just it's smooth. You see the white caps kind of rolling over, and when you get closer, you can start hearing the waves. And for many of us, the waves are very you know relaxing, very they make you feel very content. So when we got out of the car, we parked on the beach. I thought this is nice. Big old deep breath. <sighs> I belong here. So that happens every time I go to the beach, no matter where it is: East Coast, West Coast, Gulf of Mexico, Mediterranean doesn't matter it's uh indescribable to be able to go to the beach you sit there in the sun i love the sun i love being outside it's nice and warm and then when you want to cool off just go run in the water and uh yeah so the galveston beaches they're they're clean but the water is dirty because it's a port not dirty from like pollution or anything it's just dirty from the sand and uh the minerals I believe I was reading up on this the other day. If it's you know clearest water you can imagine, then that's actually not water that has a lot of life in it. You know, there's no microbes, there's no uh, plankton, there's nothing growing in that water, which is what fish and whales and everything else eat off of, and the whole food chain. So if the water's kind of dirty, it's just being kicked up a lot by all the sand. You know, it's probably a busy beach. Or the current is pushing up against the beach and all the sand is getting knocked up and everything's getting all mixed up and mixed around. And yeah, Galveston is like that. I'm also thinking that because it's it's warmer water than certainly the Atlantic or the Pacific, 
that there's probably a good amount of bacteria and plankton and lots of good stuff growing, you know? That's why it's dirty. It's because those are things in there. <laughs> it's not why you can't just see right through the water. So, there you go. I like the uh, the beach, whether it's dirty like that, like it's uh, opaque. Or wait, if it's, uh, yeah, if it's opaque. Or transparent, I don't care. It's very relaxing. It's quiet. It calms me down. And it makes me very introverted, I found out. I was with a group of friends, and we all played in the waves, body surfed, grabbed our beers, <laughs> and just kind of stood at, th at the sandbar, I don't know, 300 feet out, and uh, just enjoyed the waves. And we would all talk and catch up, have a good time, get some sun, have a beer. And we were out there for several hours, and then at the end of the day, went out to eat, and then went home and sat at home and relaxed and said this was a good weekend. You know, we're going to leave Sunday morning or afternoon or so, but all day Saturday was nothing but food and beach. That's the way to do it. And, of course, when you get to share it with friends, it makes it even better. Uh, but like I said, I found myself being more introverted because I'm kind of that person anyway. I'm an ambivert, someone who's in the middle where I need my alone time. That's what I say first. And then... I enjoy being an extrovert as well. Which do I do more often? I would say introverted things. I would be the one to say, okay, I'm going to go home. I'm tired. I want to sit quietly and watch a movie or I'm going to read a book. Or hell, I'm just going to go to bed. I'm tired. I need my sleep in order to function. If you expect me to have a conversation with you, maintain attention or do my job, I need sleep. And I need at least six hours. If I get anything less than that, the next day is going to be trash. So just basic functionality. And, yeah, I found myself after being out in the sun all day and running around in the waves and swimming and screaming and <laughs> having a good time, I would take, I don't know, a 10, 30-minute break every now and then and just be by myself. I'd go walk the beach by myself. I would go sit at the uh, other side of the living room by myself and just sit there quietly. Or I'd play a little cards by myself and say, right now I'm just vegging out. I'm, I don't want to think about conversations. I don't want to... Think about work. I don't think about anything. I just want to have what's right in front of my face and just let my mind wander. Um, for me, that's relaxing. That's how I digest my day and my life. You know, that's how I can absorb and work out any problems and issues I might be having. I just let my mind do it. But I have to be doing something kind of stupid. Sometimes it's just staring at the wall. I've said that before. I will sometimes go home and I'll stare at the wall for maybe two minutes. But that's enough to just say, okay, I just need to sit still. I'm not going to talk. No one talked to me. And I'll snap out of it. And then I'll be back to normal. That happens. So the beach, like I said, was very exciting, but also incredibly relaxing. I would sit on the beach. I'd go out in the water. I'd walk on the beach by myself, or I'd go walk with others. I'd go socialize and eat, or I'd have a snack by myself. I mean, it's all of it. I have to have all of it. Some alone time and human interaction. The reason why is because when you're alone, like an introverted person like me, that's how you recharge your batteries. You know, that's how you get the energy back. Then, of course, if you're chock full of energy, you want to spend it. Because if you don't, you're just going to blow yourself up. So try to imagine it like that. For those of you who may not understand, you know, if you're an extroverted person, try to wrap your mind around it. That you may be bursting with energy... And you get even more when you're around people, particularly friends. That's great. It's fantastic. I can understand how you would do that. Understand, though, that some of us are not like that. 
even if I know you, if I don't have the energy, it's going to be hard for me to connect or relate with you at all. <laughs> and it sucks, but I, that's who I am. And I know, okay, when that happens, I know how to fix it. I just need a little break by myself and I can, like a power nap almost. I just need to be alone for a little bit. Just give me a little bit of time and I'll be right back. Because with that energy, if we have it all back, 100% recharged, we want to spend it. We don't want to keep it because that's what makes us antsy. You know, if you're sitting around at home all day or if you're by yourself all day and you have no human interaction, we're still social creatures. We're supposed to get out and socialize and talk and connect. So the introverts get the energy back by being alone. But then, yes, some of us absolutely have to go spend it pretty quickly because we don't want the energy. (laughs) We're not trying to hoard it. We just want to get it back so we can throw it back out. It's sort of, you know, hell, like the beach, the waves, back and forth, back and forth. That's how it has to be. That's how it works. A little personality rant there. But Lord knows that I love my beach. There are people who love the mountains, and they're great. I like them. I like skiing and snowboarding. I've done it. But if you ask me, Andrew, you're going on vacation. What do you want? Beach. Immediately. I love Europe. I'd love to go to Australia and New Zealand one day. I've been to Alaska. I've never been to Hawaii. I do want to go there. But when you say, Andrew, what is your ideal? My ideal is, well, somewhere with the beach, a beautiful beach. Because vacations, for me, I want them to be relaxing. I don't want it to be loaded down with plans and, you know, lots of activities. I'm okay with some, but I don't want the entire trip filled. I need some time to just veg out. (laughs) And enjoy the food, enjoy the moment, and the drinks, and the friends, the experience itself of getting away from work. That's what I like. That's what I need. So, if you're like me, I encourage you to spread the word. Spread the word that eh, the beach is the best place in the world to go to. Period. End of story. Do not argue with me. This is The Bonfire, on demand, on the Blaze Radio Network. The progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something. And progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. Available August 2nd. Pre-order now at glennbeck.com liars. This is The Bonfire, on demand, on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, some more movie news. This time it is concerning Comic-Con. Comic-Con, I believe, just took place in San Diego maybe about a week ago. I've never been. Uh, I might have to check it out sometime one year. Uh, Mostly just, just say that I did it. It's sort of its own unique experience you know it's not something like oh yeah i went to the star trek convention this year okay no comic-con is sort of a cultural mixing pot you know it's got everything that's what makes it so unique it's not unique to one particular story or universe it's got all sorts of crap and you know it's just like i think south by southwest in austin it's just there's something about it it's very unique and the one in san san diego is the biggest i believe so just to say that I did it, I'm, I might have to do it one year. But anywho, at that event, they decided to reveal a Justice League trailer, a Wonder Woman trailer, 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 and a King Kong trailer. Those are the three that I know of. Um, I'm sure they 
obviously did other stuff too, but I can't keep up with every single piece of culture and entertainment, believe it or not. So uh, I'm going to play the Wonder Woman trailer here. Uh, the Justice League one, uh, I think it looks pretty good. I'll check it out, just like I did the Batman Superman movie. I was like, oh, why not? Trailer makes it look good. I'll give it a shot. And I gave a review on that several months ago. It was meh. Meh. That's about all I can say about it. Not too particularly impressed, which is too bad. So hopefully Justice League can redeem the DC Comics, you know, Warner Brothers universe. But we'll see. So here with the Wonder Woman trailer, I'm going to play it, and then we will discuss... Or actually, I will, let's be clear, because I can't hear you right now. If you're talking to me, you're wasting your breath, because I can't hear you. Here it is, Wonder Woman coming up in 2017. You're a man. Yeah. I mean... Does that look like one? You have been my greatest love. Be careful, Diana. I do not deserve you. never met a man before? I mean, what about your father? I had no father. I was brought to life by Zeus. Well, that's neat. I'm Steve Trevor's secretary. What is a secretary? I go where he tells me to go and I do what he tells me to do. Yeah, well, where I'm from, that's called slavery. I really like her. Fantastic. Oh, Ladies, after you. I do. I like her. All right, so obviously not a whole lot of verbiage in the trailer. It's got a lot of action, so I encourage you to go find it and watch it. It's pretty good. Uh, the only problem <laughs> that I had with it was that last comment that kind of shocked me i thought okay so i i think i understand the story these are all amazons that live 
without men on an island somewhere, and I think it's here on planet Earth. And they're doing that because they believe, well, men are uh, evil and oppressive, and we fought back, and now we live our, in our own perfect society. Okay, whatever. I'm okay with that. Uh, so as long as it's true to the story that it's been all along, which Amazons don't leave their land, their territory, and they're told, hey, don't interact with humanity. I think the same thing applies to... What's his face? Uh, Aquaman. He, too, believes, well, humanity is just, it's lost, it's trash. I'm not going to get involved in the, the world of men. I think it's something like that. So, anywho, that's what they believe, too. Diane, Wonder Woman, the Amazons. So, for some reason, in this movie, she does come to help humanity. Okay, that's good. But, when she asks the other woman, hey, uh, what do you? what's your name? What do you do? She says, oh, I'm a secretary. That means I do what he tells me, I go where he tells me, I'm his slave. She didn't say that. That's definitely what she was getting at. That's what. That's the way the script was written. Like, what is a secretary? Oh, well, it's, it's, all it is is I do whatever the hell he tells me. Well, where I'm from, that's called slavery. All right. Back up, Chuck. Where I'm from, that's called a job. A secretary is a paid position. It is a job that in the uh, job you know, responsibilities, it does not say, you do what I tell you, you go where I tell you, period, end of story. That's not how it works. Of course, if you find yourself in a position like that and your boss is a... Oof. <laughs> I was about to say something. If your boss is a jerk, let's choose that word. If your boss is a jerk and is telling you how to live your life and absolutely everything in it, I would be the one to quit. I'd say, screw you. This is a job. You're not my life boss and... You don't just tell me where to go and what to do. I'm here to help you. I'm not your slave. Okay. I didn't like the way the script was written to say, like, well, I'm a uh, secretary. Oh, well, that means you're a slave. <gasps> I like her. Okay. To me, that kind of screamed a little bit, you know, feminist, just for the sake of being a feminist. Like, don't listen to the man. If the man tells you what to do, you need to say, screw you, I'm a woman. Okay. I know. It's because that's not what it is. It's a secretary. It's a paid job. You can quit, lady. If you really truly believe that it's, oh, it's called slavery, and you agreed with Wonder Woman, then quit the hell your job. Go find something else to do with your freaking time. That's what you do. So I, I am, I'm going to have to go see the movie. It looks action-packed. looks like it'd be enjoyable. But I'm going to look out for that scene now and wait and say I need a little more context, how it's resolved, how it's brought up. Maybe they change the uh, script, because sometimes the trailers... They'll have bits of video and scenes that you don't find in the final movie. Sometimes that happens. So we'll see. We'll see if they try to make a scene out of that scene <laughs> and say, well, you're a woman. You need to make your own choices. Don't listen to man. Okay. All right. Well, can we just stick with uh, Wonder Woman, the goddess that she is? That's pretty much what they are, Amazons. You know, this isn't a... A woman power movie. No, it's a story from the DC Comics universe. I'm okay with the woman kicking ass. I've said that before, because there's Underworld, there's Tomb Raider, uh, Hunger Games. It's fine. That's all good stuff. But I don't like you to try to shove some freaking message into it. With comments like that, particularly, that are just so insane. A secretary is a job. A paid job that you can quit. You dip. You don't have to stay. Slavery, you have no freaking choice.
you know, maybe I'm splitting hairs. I don't know. Needless to say, I think it looks good. So does Justice League. And then I don't have the Kong trailer. It's called Kong Skull Island. Uh, Peter Jackson made that movie, I don't know, 10 years ago, I think. And it was called King Kong, or maybe it was just Kong. Uh, that was like a three and a half hour movie. Way too long. So maybe this one, I don't, I guess it's a redo because they're going back to the island and it's all new actors and it's a decade later. So I guess they thought, oh, time for another redo. Hollywood, uh, work with me here. You need some originality. Quit doing so many remakes. Um, this one may end up better than the one Peter Jackson did. I don't know. But in like Ghostbusters redoing it again with women and then uh, something else that just happened. You did Jurassic World. It's not really a remake, but you're just kind of like, it's like another bookend. You're like, oh, let's add another little quickie. Come on, let's have some more originality here. I have more respect for the movies that look like trash, but they're original ideas. Okay, there's something called Kubo, Cabo, and this and the two strings. It's like some cartoon. I don't know what the hell it is, but I give props to the people who made it because, hey... That's an original idea. Good for you. I want to see more of that in this world, in Hollywood. So, make your own decision if you want to go see Wonder Woman and the slavery that is known as secretaries. The Bonfire, only on the Blaze Radio Network. The progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something, and progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. Available August 2nd. Pre-order now at glennbeck.com slash liars. The Blaze Radio Network On Demand. The Bonfire. Here's your host, Andrew Herzog. All right, final block here. I'm going to make it quick. It is about... (laughs) My body type. And let me explain. Let me explain. The other day, I used the scale at home. It's I, I don't know what brand it is because it ain't mine. But it's some fancy doohickey where you stand on it barefoot. And it supposedly measures all these, uh, you know, uh, ideas and concepts about your body. It lets you know what's your BMI, your body mass index. Or I just said that. Your, your BMI, your fat percentage, your muscle percentage, your metabolic age, your physique number and it's like numbers one through nine and there's like a picture so it gives you all this information supposedly now if that is all accurate i have five percent body fat that is extremely low extremely bad actually now the number of people i've told that they've wanted to slit my throat because they say how dare you i'm jealous i wish i didn't have as much fat as i do i turn around and look at them and i say Well, sir, I wish I could have more fat. I think that's called the grass is always greener. It's called kind of no matter what you have, we're always tempted to say, well, I wish it was different. So, you know, whatever. If you're you're a big person, chances are you're always thinking, well, I'd like to be a little smaller. And if you're small like me, you know, thin and not a whole lot of fat, (laughs) you're skinny, you tend to kind of think, well, I I could use some extra poundage. I think that'd be good. And yeah. There is such a thing as being underweight also, okay? You see so many commercials about fat people. Where are the commercials for the skinny people? And this isn't by choice. I try to eat. 
You know, I have regular meals and I'm always looking at calories and trying to pack them on. But of course, I burn 1,700 calories, and that's what the latest you know measurement here said. 1,700 calories a day if I did nothing. So if I did nothing but sit on the couch, my body would still burn 1,700 calories. I think that's trash. <laughs> I wish I would burn two calories a day. Then maybe the food that I eat, I'd be able to pack on some weight and be an average, healthy, normal weight. So, But body fat is only 5%. Muscle mass percentage, I forget what that was, but the physique is, I got a 7, and it's a scale of 1 through 9, and the little picture, I don't have it pulled up because the internet's not working, again, for some stupid reason, but 7 is the skinniest of the skinny. That means you have a low fat percentage and low muscle mass. It is low because I'm not eating enough, and I don't work out. I don't work out because I don't have time, and I'm always too tired. I do hope to change that. Uh, sometime in the near future because, yeah, I need weight. I am underweight for my age and for my sex and for my height. I'm underweight. So for those people who think it's difficult to lose weight, oh, you just stop eating. I can't stop eating. That's super difficult. If you have if you have to gain weight, all you have to do is stuff your face. That's easy. No, it's not. Okay? There is such a thing as if you eat too much, you just puke it all out. You just wasted everything. Now you have no calories. Okay? So there's only so much you can shove in your gut if you're skinny. And if you're skinny, chances are you have a smaller gut, a smaller stomach than some other people. So it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you're skinny, you're going to stay that way. Almost. So it's difficult. The 7 says that I am a low fat and low muscle. Whereas 9, you are low muscle and high fat. And then 1, which is like in the top left corner. It's like a square. Top left would be high muscle, low fat, something like that. So you see the picture, and this little doohickey measures it and lets you know uh, what type you are. Something else was, uh, I'm trying to remember, BMI. I don't, that's not really accurate, because all it does is measure your height and your weight, your mass, which has, doesn't account your gender, you know, your height, sorry, your uh, age, things like that that do affect everything else about your body as well. So BMI is not too accurate, and doctors acknowledge that now. Anywho, the conclusion from these two different, you know, scales that I've done. I did one maybe six months ago, and then I just did one again the other day. Same scale. But there's two different measurements. They all conclude you are underweight. So there you go. Just thought I'd share that with everybody that, yes, it's true, I have 5% body fat which a lot of people may find jealous, but let me assure you, it sucks, because that means I am underweight. I do not have a healthy balance. And that is what Bonfire is all about. Come on. Not just in culture and your life and your thoughts, but also physically. If you're overweight, you should probably go work out. Try to lose a little bit of that. If you're underweight like me, you need to stuff your face and don't do a whole lot of cardio. You don't want to be burning more calories than you, you really need to. Of course, you still need to go to the gym, and you should be doing weights, because that's how you can pack on some muscle. And then on days that you don't work out, you need to sit around. Find ways to add some fat. You can add some fat to your body and be perfectly fine. You can still look good and it still be healthy. You know, you're not burdening your entire body with fat and clogging up your arteries. No. You can have, you can have some donuts here and there. And I do, except my problem is I don't really like sugar. So <laughs> I'm in a bad position. Uh, you, you can't just tell me to go stuff my face with pie. Not going to happen. I don't like it that much. I just don't. So there you have it. The Andrew Scoop. The Scoop. On 
<laughs> one of my daily problems, uh, body weight. So there you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning into the Bonfire Podcast again this week. I I appreciate everybody who has contributed to the website, bonfirethoughts.com, giving me their their articles and their thoughts. Uh, it's still growing. And I tell every writer, hey, it's there's no there's no deadline. You don't have to write every week. It's whenever something pops into your mind and you feel like sharing it, go right ahead. That is the nature of the website. We are not a news agency, so we're not constantly updating like CNN and we're just filling content. No. I only want the content, as editor-in-chief, I only want the content that you truly thought about, that you truly stand behind and want to share with the world. And, of course, as the months and years go by, I do absolutely believe that that will continue to grow. Find us also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're also on LinkedIn in case you want to follow us there. Uh, Right now, we only have a handful of individuals working for Bonfire. It is an LLC, a limited liability company here in the state of Texas. And I'm mentioning this because I'm ranting and I can't seem to stop. So, (laughs) on that part... This is The Bonfire on the Blaze Radio Network.